Pastor Chris's podcast. I want to read first as we begin from John, First uh, John, <coughs> chapter one, verse nine, or the first letter of John, chapter one, verse nine, it says, "But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness." This is the word of God for people of God. Thanks be to God. People were designed to live in harmony with God and with each other. Unfortunately, sin comes in and it destroys those relationships. Sin separates us from God, and it also separates us from each other. Sin tears our world apart. We talked about how that happens sometimes in nature sickness, how it affects us. Not because of a person necessarily sinned and did something wrong and they're being punished because of it, but simply because the world that we live in is not as it should be. And some of the illnesses and things that we, we experience in this world are just a, a, are part of living in a fallen world that's been corrupted by sin. Sin corrupts everything, from the relationships that we are involved in to the very nature of the world around us. The glorious good news, though, of Jesus Christ is that the blood that he shed on the cross atoned for our sin and begins to help us find healing from it. We can be forgiven and we can be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. And as 1 John says, if we confess our sins to Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So um, as I was asking for questions uh, that you would like me to address, uh, several came in, and, and, and a couple of them that came in were about forgiveness. And so I want to address those questions today. The first question that I want to look at is this. If you are asking for forgiveness, can you only go to God? Or do you need to go to the other person and say out loud what the sin is? So, uh, the way I interpreted this is that suppose you have offended someone, you've done something to, uh, to hurt someone, uh, or you've sinned against them, um, whether they know about it or not, do you, do you need to go to them and ask for forgiveness? Or can you just go to God and say, God, forgive me for what I've done? And that's a great question. We know from Scripture that God is merciful, that God is quick to forgive. We know that Jesus' death on the cross assures us of our forgiveness by God. But what about people? What if you've done something wrong to a person? Will they forgive you too? And should you seek to be forgiven by people when you've offended them? You know, many people would just prefer to go to God and say, I have, I have sinned, Lord, against this person. I have done something wrong against them. Will you forgive me of it? We would prefer to go to God because maybe we know that God is merciful and He has promised that He would forgive us and He will forgive us. And we don't want to, we don't, a lot of times we might not want to go to that person in, because you don't want to go face to face with somebody and ask them for, for their forgiveness. That's difficult and it's awkward and it can be painful. Um, but I want to start to answer this question with a parable. It's not a parable that Jesus told, this is a parable of Chris. So it will pale in comparison to what Jesus taught in the scriptures in his parables, but perhaps it will speak to this occasion. Suppose 
you visit your friend, and you're over at his house, and you, you're done, you say your goodbyes, and you're on your way out, go back to your house, and suppose you're backing out of his driveway, and you accidentally run over his mailbox on the way out. Has anybody ever done that before? But, okay, so this is a common thing. You didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. But the fact is, your friend's mailbox is ruined. And it's your fault. What should you do? Next slide. Should you feel guilty about it and beat yourself up for the rest of your life? Should you be? Ask God to forgive you and then forget about it. And if your friend ever asks you about it, just say, oh yeah, I, I ran over your mailbox, but it's okay, God forgave you. <laughs> or should you see, make a donation to your church for the amount that it would have cost to fix your friend's mailbox. <laughs> or should you D, go to your friend and apologize and they have a new mailbox for them. Which would you do? Which should you do? I think D is the obvious answer, right? Don't tell anybody. You know, nowadays they've got those cameras on the front of their house, so they're going to know you did it anyway, right? Now, I know that this is a simple, simple situation. And I know that issues about forgiveness oftentimes are a lot more complex than that. And, you know, we could preach a whole message series on forgiveness and all the concepts around it. Maybe I'll do that coming up in the next few months. But here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, and go be reconciled to that person, and then call back and offer your sacrifice to God. So, so y'all wait. If anybody jumps up right now and runs out the door, you know, they got somebody out there that they need to go ask for forgiveness, right? And I'm just kidding. You get the point. It sounds like Jesus thinks that it is very important to be reconciled with God, but also to be reconciled with the people that we brought. Jesus also said, and everybody should know this if you went to kindergarten, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule, right? Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you have been doing to you. So, ask yourself a question. If someone sins, sinned against you the way you sinned against this other person, what would you want them to do to you? Now, that's not necessarily a black and white answer. You might not want them to come talk to you. You have to think about it. It depends on the situation. It depends on a lot of factors. But what would you want someone to do to you if you were in that situation? Would you want them to come and confess their sins and seek forgiveness and try to make it right? If so, then that's a strong indication that maybe you should also go to the person against whom you sin and confess your sin and ask forgiveness and seek to make it right. Jesus said that the most important commandments are to love God and love your neighbor. And so, if asking forgiveness will help the person that you're wrong, then you should go to them and confess and seek forgiveness, but more importantly, seek to make it right. However, you should only do that, I think, after much prayer and reflection. 
Maybe for, talk to a wise advisor, talk to your pastor, and say, here's the situation. Should, you know, because all situations are different. And um, ask whether this is really going to help the other person. Remember, this is about what is good for the other person. Sometimes we think, I want to ask that person's forgiveness, and it really has nothing, it might not have anything to do with that person. You want to not feel guilty anymore, right? And you keep, you know, you might go to them, and you might think about that. Is this for you, or is this for them? It's about the good of the other person. It's not about assuaging your own guilt. It's not about winning some reward for yourself. It's about helping the other person and making the situation right. And sometimes, going to ask forgiveness from someone you've wronged, some situations, it may do more harm than good. And if that's the case, then maybe you should not go to that person for forgiveness in person. If asking forgiveness would bring more harm than good, it would probably be better just to pray for them, hope that they, uh, that they can forgive you in their own way and their own time. They may not even know that you've done something. But you need to pray for them because it, it would make them less unhappy if they eventually get to a place where they could forgive you. But it's not because of anything. It doesn't anything for you. And so how all of this as, as, you, as for how all of this reflects on your relationship with God, God has already forgiven you through Jesus Christ. God still loves you even if you are unable to be forgiven by the person you wronged in this life. However, don't let God's forgiveness be an excuse to selfishly avoid doing the right thing for the people you wronged in this life when it is within your power to do better. The question is, in that situation, is it within your power? Either. Sometimes it isn't, sometimes it isn't. <coughs> wisdom and guidance from God to know which is which. So that was your question. Now, how God has a question for you this morning. Is there anyone to whom you need to apologize? Is there anything that you can do to make right a wrong? God is forgiving. But there might still be something that's left that you can do to make that situation right, to restore that relationship in that situation. Another question that's related to forgiveness came in is this. We get forgiveness when we ask for it. Will our sins be hashed out again when we get to heaven? Is there an actual judgment day? And I think this is a great question. The Bible teaches that one day everyone will have to make an account for the way they've lived in this life. That's everyone. Both Christians and non-Christians will face this uh, accounting, this judgment. Let me share what Scripture says, what it teaches. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 gives a vision, a vision of the final judgment before God. It says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And then in verse 13 it says, And all were judged according to their deeds. And then verse 15 says, 
And anyone whose name was not recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Scary image. So, according to, to this passage from Revelation chapter 20, you want to be sure that your name is in the book of life, right? How do you make sure your name is in the book of life? This is part of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus' death on the cross opens a way for us to be forgiven of all of our sins and have our name recorded in the book of life. That's what happens when we give our life to Christ. Everyone who surrenders to God, who repents of their sin before God, and follows Jesus Christ as Lord, shall be saved. Your name is written in the book of life. And then at the final judgment, when God judges the living and the dead, he will, he will look in the book, and He will find your name in the book of life. And He will look in whatever other books that record all the deeds of people, and whether they did right or they did wrong, and He will find that all your sins, all your misdeeds, have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your sins will be no more because Jesus Christ paid the price for all your sin. Your account is settled. Your debt is paid before God. You will be washed. You will be clean. And you will be spotless before the Lord. And that's an amazing, amazing thing that none of us, none of us deserve. It. But it is a gift that we receive as God's children when we follow Jesus Christ as our Lord. Now, does all of that mean that you should live however you want in this life? That you would sin as much as you like because you know all of your sins are forgiven in the end? Absolutely not. That's not what it means. That's not the way people who follow Jesus as Lord ought to live. We should follow the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ so that we treat people the way Jesus treats people. So that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. We love our neighbor and ourselves. Furthermore, I want to tell you, Christians will face a kind of judgment that's separate from what this passage in Revelation chapter 20 talks about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, the Apostle Paul explains how Christians will be judged in the final days, apart from this, uh, this other judgment. You can think of this judgment for Christians as kind of like a, a performance review, okay? How many of you have had an annual review if you, if you are employed? You know, and at the end of the year, they come to you and they say, here's all the things that you've done well, here's all the things you sort of flopped at, or things that you can do better, or here's what we'd like to see you do differently in the coming year. We've all probably been through something and the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, kind of talks about that kind of judgment. For even those who have been forgiven by Christ, we will be evaluated for the work that we have done for God's kingdom in this life. And this will help determine how we are rewarded in eternity. Any work that the Christian does that is frivolous, but it's useless. Uh, the scripture uses the image of being burned up. It's as if you, you pass through a, 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 a furnace 
And any of those things that you have done in your life that were, were just stupid or just useless or, or not good or not even, maybe they weren't bad, they were just wasteful, it would be burned up like straw or wood in fire. And then it says, those deeds that were pure and worthwhile, whether they were completely worthwhile or whether they were just a little bit of worthwhileness inside of a bunch of uselessness, as it passes through the fire, it will be like gold or silver or precious stone. So you can imagine this image of, you know, when you mine, I've never done this. I've never found a nugget of gold. Have you? But apparently, a lot of times it's, it's not pure. It's all kind of mixed up with rock and other things. And then in order to purify the gold, they put it in a, a refining fire. And it will melt away all the gold and collect all the gold separately. And then all of the useless material is destroyed and discarded. So you can think of your life and the judgment before God and you pass through this fire. And all of those things that you have done that were useless, burned up and all. And those things that were worthwhile that you've done, or even if they were partly worthwhile, they come through to the other side. And I pray that when I go through that judgment, um, more of my life, more of the things that I've done in this earth will be considered useful to the Lord. Not for my own sake. I want to be a useful servant. I want to have done things that the Lord is happy about and that made a difference. I want to spend the majority of my life doing useful, helpful things and not useless things that will be God. Scripture names some of the rewards that await for those who have served the Lord faithfully in his life that might be determined as we go through that evaluation of the Lord. It talks about, it kind of uses the image of a crown that you see. There's the soul winner's crown given to people for leading people to Christ. Who do you led to Christ? Do you see the crown for that? There's the victor's crown for those who have persevered and refused to give up during persecution. Have you ever been persecuted for your faith? Have you ever refused to surrender and give in to that and remain firm in who you are and you believe? There's a crown waiting for you. There's the crown glory for those who pastor the uh, flock of Christ well. There's the crown of life for martyrs who have been killed in their faith. There's the crown of righteousness for looking with anticipation for the second coming of Christ. And so, and so Scripture teaches that everyone will be judged on the last day. Those who rejected Christ will go to eternal punishment. Those who follow Christ as Lord will enter into eternal life with Jesus, where there will be no more suffering or pain or sorrow or death. And Christians will be rewarded for those deeds that were faithful and good in this life. That's what Scripture teaches. Now, God has a question for you to reflect on this morning. Is your name written in the book of life? Do you know that? In other words, have you surrendered to God? Have you repented of your sin? Have you chosen to follow Jesus as your Lord? How will things, and, and here's another one, how will the things you do in this life be judged by the Lord on the last day? Will they be found to be useless hay burned up in fire? 
Or will you or will the Lord find gold and silver in you because you have been faithful in his life? And you have worked hard to show the love of Christ to everyone around you. And you have sought to the best of your ability to lead people to Christ, to do what is good for the kingdom of God.